with Betty White, everyone's like, I'm having a hot dog and a vodka. I'm like, as if that's a thing we all knew about before today. <laughs> Are we all pretending that's a thing that we knew about? But, but, well, she but said it in a lot of interviews. But <laughs> the thing is that, the thing is that clearly Bob Saget managed to be in the industry and all that stuff and not be a huge piece of shit because what's funny people is that are he always super... played a dirtbag version of himself when he played himself right and his his stand-up comedy was so dirty and like profane and famous for that but like, mom shtick, did but... mom did run into him in the health club at like the some marriott the nautilus plus <laughs> marriott in new jersey she said he was really nice and really sweaty um and she asked him if jody sweeten was dead no, she didn't. Terrible room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did? Yeah. That was back before the internet. What yeah. was mom supposed to do? You had to ask the celebrity about the rumor. You had no choice. Exactly. She said he was lovely. Episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. Today, Becky achieves yet another milestone because she has once again had surgery and not missed an episode of the show. We are not going to make her talk too much. No, but, but I'm, Becky, I'm taping this as I convalesce. I'm literally laying in bed. And we are going to keep the episode really structured so that you don't get a 25-minute recap of Jupiter Ascending. Or Valerian, which is the one that you did when you had a First of all, I am not on painkillers. I proudly have not had to take painkillers in several days. Look, after I saw Dope Sick, I'm never taking a painkiller ever again. I'm just taking Advil <laughs> for the rest of my life. So I just want to start off with my, my little story is a riff on what Becky's going through in the sense that the angel, the angel of mercy is here with us. Is that the right term? I don't know. But Florence Nightingale herself, mom, appears mom. in Arlington. Mom. And it, she's the greatest. She's taking care of Becky, her two kids. She appears at my house seven o'clock in the morning, makes breakfast for my kids without being asked, just because she wants to be helpful. Although she really rubs it in. She says, I know you needed help. And you know me, I'm stubborn. I'm like, I didn't need any help. But she comes and she makes them. I don't know. I heard a story. I heard a story about one of your kids losing their glasses yesterday before school. And it sounds like mom really did save the day. Yes. Mom, not going to make it. It's not like I could find any of my own stuff. Mom's mom's a huge help. And she's also forever mom. Yesterday, I'm sitting, I'm working from home this week because of all the family stuff and the medical stuff and Allie being out of town. And I'm sitting at home and I'm working at the computer. And the doorbell rings and I open the doorbell and there is a very lovely woman with an entire massage table under her arm because mom <laughs> has ordered a massage to my house in the middle of in, the day. 
in his living room, which has no curtains. So I just, I'm imagining the neighbors walking by and it's just like mom I, getting I, I a massage. Well, not the first person to get a massage in the living room. It'd be like at least the, the third. Thank goodness I was in the kitchen and mom had to go upstairs, probably into my bedroom where she had this massage. Which So the next best thing, if mom's not doing it in the middle of the living room with no curtains, like if there was one way to try and call Shy and Allie's bluff about the curtain situation of their living room. It's like, well, I guess I'll just do nude massages in your living room then. But the next best thing is mom just getting a private massage in Shai's bedroom. I don't mind, but just that I know the idea of it bothers Shai. You know what? She deserves it. That woman has been running herself ragged, taking care of me, my kids, my household. Now, I'm not going to necessarily say that everything that would be useful for her to do is happening but there is stuff happening all the time all she the is time. always doing all the time She's i amazing. i thought she was watching your kids and on the weekend i walked into my kitchen and she was making a chicken salad just making <laughs> she found some chicken didn't want it to go to waste well, i told her that you like my, chicken salad I from, do the, love from chicken the chicken salad. from the soup oh, mom's chicken salad is amazing from the soup so Are you good. Kidding? i ate the entire tupperware over two days with crackers and extra salt it was the best yeah. it is very good and what i you know mom is also she's just you know when things are you need someone around during the tough times mom will be there for you and the other thing that mom will do is mom will take you to the movie theater when you're little and uh, scare the life out of you um, in a movie that you shouldn't really be scared of. But the same way I make my kids watch things. Uh, the beginning I, of that movie was very scary. I didn't watch that for years. I still remember going to see the first Ghostbusters in the theater. I think. It was, How old were you? Well, it came out in what? 84, 86. When did it come out? 85, 86. 86 85 86 um and i remember going to any one of those years you were still little to be scared at that library scene are you kidding me oh the original is 84 84 so i didn't see it when it first on the first run but i did see it well maybe i saw it when i was five you would have been five i i I remember there were no rules in the the library scene on the big screen and hitting the roof but also, if there's any trailer for that movie in the 80s, there's no way that trailer convinces me, 80s or today, that I should take a five-year-old to see it, correct? I, I, no, because no, because in those days, it was like, Bill Murray, Harold Ramis, sure, we can Dan take Aykroyd. <laughs> well, I mean, my mom and dad let me watch Stripes when I was little, so... Me too. Why would I ever understand that movie? I was like, this is the dumbest movie ever. They're like, this is a comedy what? classic. I was eight. What? Like, there's nothing funny about this movie. What do you It's pretty cheap. And, and so we're sorry to make you laugh, Becky, but so then, that's the nature remember, of our podcast. In 1989, in the great summer of the sequels, I believe it's the summer of 89 when Lethal Weapon 2 came out, or was it that summer? Or when did when did Ghostbusters 2 come out? I'm checking. Uh, when they don't have it on imdb because it's so bad they took it off when ghostbusters 2 came out (laughs) remember how much scarier ghostbusters 2 is than ghostbusters 1 which i admire on a certain level that they blocked it out of my i'm confusing right now ghostbusters 2 in my mind i keep calling it ghostbusters 2 secret of the ooze which i know isn't right (laughs) that's um that's ninja turtles right ninja turtles Um, so it's 1989 
Oh, it is 89. So okay. It's 89. So you're telling me they had five years to make this movie. And they took now sequels come out. The sequel's out before the movies already hit the theaters. But but and now, they have the sequel in the bank. Five was, years to make this movie. But there was, it was very not good. They're shooting, shooting them all at the same movie. time. The same way there was feuding over Ghostbusters Afterlife, in that I think Bill Murray didn't want to make it. They were all fighting over the rights. Like there was all these things going on with that one. So they made that one, which again, I'm pretty sure we took you guys came to the theater too, which means I was I, I think I made I think I made someone leave the theater with me. There's I was heads. terrified there's of that the movie. The bath painting. There's like a thing, the evil painting, and there's a scene in a bathtub. And all, where the bathtub I, almost eats the baby. Oh my God. I like literally can't handle how afraid I was of that. Nightmares. Oh, I have horrible so, remember. Like I do not. I'm not a fan of that movie. So now comes, we'll skip 2016 for right now. And now comes the long awaited Ghostbusters 3, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which my wife and sister and dear friends surprised me by renting out a theater and taking me to see on my birthday. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. I loved every minute of this movie. And Lily and I prepared the notes for this episode and realized there are tons of problems with it. And I still love every minute of it, which I think shows you just how good it was. And, and it give- truly is now a trilogy because this really is. That's what I asked Shai. I asked Shai, is theory, this right? a trilogy or an- or or a sequel? So, Should I call it a okay, sequel? We're gonna let's get into reboot? Ghostbusters. Is it a Afterlife. trilogy? What is it? Okay, so let me sketch out the timeline I, for you. Right, this is what I asked you. I was like, Shai, you need to open the episode telling me where this fits in okay. the lore in a canon. So you have Ghostbusters the original, where they fight Ghost Gozer on the top of the Manhattan high rise, which was made by the metal that was mined in the town that is the place of ghost ghostbusters after. the high rise but the at the rise. time did we know that yes well they, no. they said it was made by it was made by this absurd strange amount of metal and was like a giant superconductor so oh what they, they allude the, to it in the first movie and then so in this one they were they, i guess one of the questions they asked is so where'd all that metal come from and so they so when they were like what can we make this movie about they were like open that someone give like me the script to that first movie they went and rewatched they, the first one and looked for little nuggets little nuggets that, that Which, yeah they, and in that one they fight girl. gozer sure. and the state punk marshmallow man and at the end of the movie they send gozer back into whatever dimension but they don't destroy gozer or trap gozer so what we don't really think about is the fact that Gozer could, in fact, come back at some point. Then Ghostbusters 2 happens, and at, and what seems to be a theme in the rules of this universe is that there are upticks in ghost activity during these major spectral events. There aren't just ghosts all the time terrorizing people, but definitely Gozer- not something I understood as a kid. Like I assume that they were working Ghostbusters like you know fumigators. Why do some ghosts well, no, have powers and some ghosts don't? Hold on a second. I'm doing the timeline. Okay. The ghosts in in the second one, there's anger and bad negativity in New York City, and that gets into the slime, the river of slime under New York, which makes everything. I told negative. you there was a secret of the ooze. And don't tell and, me there's no ooze. <laughs> and then Vigo the painting, and then Vigo the, the painting Carpe- is the bad Carpe- Vigo the Carpathian, the painting. And 16th century tyrant. They who wrote the second movie? I got. I'm sorry. Same guys. No, they beat him by having the giant Dan statue Ackford of liberty. Wrote that like apparently. And, he, but, wanted to make it, was... 
I think they, they clearly had creative differences weirder. over this script. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted to make it much weirder. Anyways, so, but at the beginning of that one, the Ghostbusters are essentially out of work because they beat Gozer. There's no ghosts. The ghost stuff starts ticking up um. when Vigo the Carpathian and the negative ooze starts coming. So then there is a 30 year break of Ghostbusting. Now, that being said, if you want to accept the real Ghostbusters TV show as canon, that's oh, still I really loved. Only- I love that TV show. That, that really true. takes place, and it's still great, by the way. If you watch that show now, it is it's, fantastic, I and a few episodes really will scare the life out of you. And so that one takes place in the 80s and early 90s. So conceivably, even if all of those other adventures of Ghostbusters happened, right, like they had a thriving Ghostbusting business until they fought Vigo the Carpathian or a little bit afterwards, then there's a 30-year gap of very little spectral activity that we know of. And this movie picks up with Egon in his farm in Oklahoma, which we find out is in the town that Yvonne Shandor, the guy who created the, 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 Goz- the Gozer worshippers from, from the first movie, that Yvonne Shandor essentially built as a mining town to build his giant high-rise. And he dies in the opening scene. His grandchildren come out to live in his dirt farm that he was using to track the ghosts or to keep the ghosts at bay. Um, goes are at bay because his estranged daughter has no money. And so they're, they're forced to stay. They think they're going to go sell the house. They find out from Janine Melnitz that there's nothing to sell. Who is so, Annie Potts? Yeah, Annie Potts. So they just have to stay and roll the kids in summer school. Uh, Finn Wolfhard has to go work at a old skating rink. Skating, skating, skating. That's why it's confusing diner. as to when as to when it takes place. So it I don't know why the thing. little girls the in summer school. I don't because she has nothing. They have no, nothing else to do with her, and she's smart. Yeah, that's okay. exactly right. So they right. be like interesting for her. So that's where we are in the timeline. Does are there any further questions to the timeline? Well, two thousand sixteen throws it. No, it doesn't off, exist. Right? It's a different. It universe. doesn't exist. It's a different. But they only in 2016 don't, which is the Kristen Way, right? Because don't they one, allude to them? No, or they don't. Or they, no? they act as if they never existed because it's a oh, separate universe. Okay. It's like a separate time. Oh, okay. All right, that makes it easier. Fine. Yeah, and and that okay. annoyed fans, but in the end, I feel like we got lucky because that movie. Yeah, had they messed bad. with it, this movie would not exist. Exactly. And or not so. I mean, that movie was not good, and it was not respectful of the canon. So this one really fits into it. Okay. Now, one of the things that was amazing about this movie, I think, was the introduction of new characters. And I would say there was a lot of controversy over 2016 Ghostbusters over gender, right? So fanboys who didn't want there to be female Ghostbusters, people who defended the movie purely on that basis, and regardless of what you think of that movie. The main character of this movie is a young woman, Phoebe, who is Egon Spangler's granddaughter, played by McKenna Grace, and she is amazing. She's the best character, I think, in almost all of the Ghostbusters movies. A far richer character than any of the original Ghostbusters were, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to just go down. I think we can call this casting call. We're going to go down the list of the characters from the film and the actors. And we're gonna just rate them. So I'm gonna buy Phoebe. Phoebe gets a buy. We're gonna oh, use our, yeah, yeah. our oh, yeah. movie system. She's a buy and an MVP. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think she's the well, the MVP we all know is podcast. So oh okay. <laughs> right. how lazy is that name? I, oh, I like love the name. Don't but it's what it, it's but it's what a little kid would think of, right? Like they call me you know what I mean? Because of my podcast. Right. That's, that's what it, that's like what a 10-year-old or however he's supposed to be 12 year old, 13 year old. Like that's what he would think of. So Logan Kim is podcast. To me, I felt both attacked and seen by that character. Yeah. When he the guy says, I want so to listen cute. to your, when someone says, I'll listen to your podcast sometime and he hands the the thumb drive of episodes, <laughs> like it's not even uploaded, I don't think, or maybe it is uploaded. I don't know. No. And then in the end, Ray is the only one. Oh, right. Is his one listener. <laughs> As well. So cute. He finds I, his voice in episode 46. Right. Like that, that they, they didn't just do it as a gimmick, but it just is very sweet the way they trail it through the whole movie. And, and look, I loved, I loved the Phoebe and podcast relationship because it's a friendship and it's positive. It has that Amblin Entertainment Goonies component to it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. rather so than I'm give us both of them, an older, darker take on the film or subvert the entire, you know, we find out that the Ghostbusters were all evil. They sort of make you think that Egon was maybe not as good, but I mean, then they explain it all. Like, I think they started right, from they a make, beautiful point of innocence. Right, they're making it at first make it look like he's a bad dad and was a bad grandfather well, and all that, but it's not But there's really a secret story. I mean, right. Yeah. And he's obviously a good ghost grandpa. I mean, how adorable. Most like of this movie so, um, is a little girl and her ghost grandpa playing chess. I want to see that so movie. Cute. That was just so sweet. And I'm watching. So yeah, I think. Yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. So now let's get to Trevor and Lucky. I think they kind of come together. Trevor played by Finn Wolfhard uh, of Stranger Things. It's Finn. clear to, Lucky as much as he's a great, Khan. he's a great actor, but I feel like his casting was sort of maybe a gimmick of like, oh, you know, what. It actually who, felt like a little bit of a red herring having him cast in the way that they did the oh, right, trailer to make me right. think that it was going to be like, Oh, you like Stranger Things? Stranger like Things, this, right? Which, which is, is true, but then he's not the you pleasantly know. surprised. He's not the main yeah. character. And he's I agree. Not, like, I was the ghost not. Blood, but don't you, know? you think that he was clearly cast to? Not that he's not a good actor. He's great, but to catch the attention of teens yeah, or whatever. Of yeah. And I think the Stranger yeah. Things vibe. I think yeah. they wanted to mint yeah, this and get set up an expectation. Good... But I was relieved that I wasn't just following him being the kid mm. from Stranger Things. Yeah, agreed. For that sure. would have been, but I would say I still rent his and Lucky's character. If you took out all of their scenes and it gave them friends. one major mountain scene with the ghost to podcast or to Paul Rudd, I think you could be fine without those characters. No, but they clearly need like they, <coughs> sorry, hit the mark on like every age group, right? Of like <laughs> and, people, and, and you needed some people to put in danger that you cared about later in the movie. Sure. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, good. Okay. We got the middle school set. We got the teen set. We got the nostalgic set. Done. There's some ships Check. for Paul, Becky because so, Becky needs no, ships. So there's some ships. There's like the, the moms. We got Paul Rudd for the moms. Done. Check. It's just sort of. <laughs> it's one of those cases where they literally had a checklist, checked all those boxes, and it worked. It was fine. It worked out great. Not that I can't believe that they caught Paul Rudd to be in this, but I was a I little kind of bit can. like, oh my God, I can't believe Paul, like, this like Paul Rudd is in this. How much fun is this going to be? You know, like you, I literally you get, trusted if he's going to be in it. right. And when he was in the well, the first scene that he's in, I'm watching it. I'm like, God, that guy looks exactly like Paul Rudd. 
that's with a beard. That's Paul. That guy looks like Paul Rudd with a beard. That's so. And I was like, wait, they cast Paul Rudd in this movie? I was like, all right, I'm listening. I'm listening. I, I mean, I like him because I think he really, you know, if him and those other guys in some ways really do remind me of the Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd's of their era, but they're, you know, he and Jason Siegel are late, way less weird. <laughs> they're much more normal people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really love the addition of Paul Rudd. It was good to have a veteran guy who could do comedy. I, I don't think he overtook the movie again. Another person where I'm like, oh, are we just going to watch Paul Rudd be an adult Ghostbuster? But he was, I like that he was a competent adult, but also had the childlike wonder. I loved when he calls science punk rock and he wants to yeah. put of all the, the disciplines, like of all, all the, like the subjects. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was also a cool spoiler that to see him get taken over by the ghost. I thought that was kind of removed him from the equation because if the kids had yeah. a competent adult, there would have been problems. All right, now let's go to Callie, the mother played by Carrie Coon, who was in the Sinner season two. So I buy Paul Rudd because how can you not buy Paul Rudd? Yeah. Because I think they executed it well. What do you think of Carrie Coon as? I think it's a rent. It's like she, she does, she does like, um, I, I just feel like she's like maybe a little bit too, I don't know. She, I didn't have very much. I didn't really like, I didn't feel bad for her or I felt like she was a bit of like a mean mom. <laughs> like I, you know, I'm sad for her about her dad. Like when she reunites with the ghost, I was like, eh, okay. I guess you're a bitch because your dad like abandoned you, but I'm... like, is it the writing or is it <laughs> the casting? Is it the writing? Is it the casting? Is it the way the direct, like she was directed to play the part? There's a lot of factors. I don't blame she was her. Fine. It wasn't she was fine. It, it was fine. It didn't, it didn't inspire me, but it didn't offend me. I was like, okay. Right. Do you think Jason Reitman, who... Again, let's also talk about Jason Reitman, Oscar-nominated director, oh, did Up in the Air. amazing. Do you just think amazing. in some ways, if this was done a little earlier, he might have wanted Vera Farmiga for that character? Oh, maybe. Because she but reminds she's me a lot of Vera Farmiga. She's just not as... She's just in so con- many of those Conjuring movies that... <laughs> maybe, you're you right. Know, maybe that would have been too much, or maybe she's busy doing Hawkeye. I don't know. But I think Vera Farmiga... Vera Farmiga could have been a great choice, and Carrie Coon is fine. I think Carrie Coon's an excellent actor. She She's just great, that yeah. character in the center is so dour that it invaded my brain a little bit. I also couldn't really understand her character in in this very like I, I don't think yeah she she's her a rent. I didn't really get. She's a rent. I can't give. I feel like it's unfair to give her a med, but but she's close to it. No, I think a rent. That's okay, fine. now. Gozer returns, voiced by Shara Agdashalu, which is the I, only thing I heard who's from but, the Expanse who plays the UN. I am like obsessed with the fact that that's who voices it. I mean, Perfect she choice. is, but well, okay, that's wonderful. Why couldn't she just play the part? Because why Olivia as Wilde as as the uh, Olivia Wilde took me one hundred and fifty thousand percent. I did not out of even realize that was Olivia Wilde. Becky, did I you was realize it was like, her? I was actually looking at being like, oh, how'd they get the lady who played the original Gozer to come? I back? think that's kind of what I was thinking. Ugh, but, I was um, like, oh man, that's Olivia Wilde. And plus, I was like, what? Stop ruining the movie for me. Just watch. I don't know. I, was like, Never I just mind. feel like the game Harry Styles now. Poor Ted Lasso. I'm completely taken out of it. I'm a Solara from The Expanse. 
could have just done the whole part. She's that's what I said. So strong. She's such a vision. She could have just been Gozer, but I mean, whatever. That that's a, that's she could have been Gozer. Gozer could have just been a little bit older. Um, but yeah, she's a beautiful woman, and her voice is the perfect choice for. Gozer. Yeah, it's perfect. I recognize that because of that. I didn't think about who would the actor Olivia Wilde. Because right. I just assumed. Well, I guess they just got someone that looked like the Gozer lady from the eighties. It was odd. Gozer can take any form in that, and I guess that is Gozer's base form because the like human, I guess they, like David that, Bowie, that humanoid David, yeah, David Bowie, Pat Benatar thing, because the face was carved into the mountain. So clearly, and then right. <laughs> sort of the strangest part that either cutting room floor, you think. Becky as a filmmaker like is there a J.K. Simmons cut of this film where there's yes, an actual there, plot line there, with there, there, yes 100% is 100% is that's that got huge casting for that and it's just so yeah. and not even a huge casting it's like not even does not even feel necessary to the plot like they could have just worked <laughs> around it but yeah, I think they there, still had so. it in the scene. But maybe like by like his, his yeah, contract, so they couldn't cut all his scenes or something. No, like it's probably just him. easier just to like leave it in because I shot it than to like re, like right. to try and like just rewrite it. it was a red herring. Yeah, they'd well, already paid that, for it. Maybe that's a piece for the sequel. Maybe maybe Yvonne Shandor is the ghost. Well, let's not even get into the sequel yet because those after credit scenes leave a lot of questions of what could be coming. Well, let's let's talk, let's talk about the let's talk about the ghosts for a minute here, okay? There weren't a lot of ghosts like, in this film. Well, well, this is also so kind of like the Matrix new movie, if you if you will, just follow me here. They redo the plot of the original movie a few movies ago that they bring back the original plot, kind of like in the Matrix. And but they don't undo the original plot. They elaborate on it. In The Matrix, they literally undo the original sure, plot. Sure, and then they just cut back to, they just re-show you that first movie in, in, in like, found footage, in, in yeah. like, footage, right? We couldn't afford For, Hugo Weaving. Right, so they just cut into, whereas here, they are, you hear me? Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, We're here, they, they, they are bringing, like they're redoing the story in a way, right? They're bringing back that that original plot and then throwing in all these like nostalgic bites for you. So so it's kind of a repeat and I was getting wary of that. I was like, oh no, it's like the Matrix. They're just going to do the whole like Neo thing again. Gozer and the Keymaster, we've already done this. But, 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 but then they... And I was like, oh no, that ghost is going to be, is that going to be Slimer? I'm like, at this point, I'm just rewatching the first movie. And then it was Muncher. And then they had the state puff in the store as like mini nasty state puffs. So, you know, I guess they didn't want to not bring back, they didn't want to, I guess they wanted to call on that first movie enough for the nostalgic factor, but they didn't entirely need to. I don't know. I, I was maybe a bit disappointed about the I thought it was tasteful. I thought it was tasteful. And I would say, look, you know, I'm a big Force Awakens fan, right? I mm-hmm. thought this did a better job revisiting the plot of its first movie than The Force Awakens <laughs> did, awkwardly adding in the Death Star thing at the end of The Force Awakens. Right? Like, I think that 
the return of Gozer makes sense in this story because when you think about what could lead Egon to leave everyone and go hide, and there are there are elements of the Gozer story that were never explored, like where did they get the metal? Um, where you know mm-hmm. does Gozer come back every certain number of years? Yeah, they send Gozer back, but does Gozer come back? There's something that could be there. There's something there, and I think they made the conscious sure. decision to attach and, and- it. And for their ghosts, though, I guess, you know, I, I guess they wanted to bring State Puff in somehow. Well, they did it better than they did in in 2016 when he's a... Oh, that was a, awful. A blow up. And he, like, squishes their face. Yeah. I, don't even I mean, he was cute. And was I like cute. Muncher more than... Muncher is cute. Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. Slimer driving a taxi or whatever happened. Right. I, yeah. I, I don't... I mean, they only... There's, like, two ghosts in this whole movie. So... I don't mind that they did it, you know, in a nice sort of homage to the first movie. I also liked how hard it was for those kids to trap the ghosts. They were not professional Ghostbusters. They shouldn't That's be out the car there. chase scene. I think is the, like the, one of the best scenes in the movie. Where the car, it's the so difficult for them. The 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 a factory or whatever the hell the hell they are. I just I enjoyed that how hard it was for them to catch a ghost because. How could you expect 12-year-olds with no instruction manual to catch a ghost? Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. They All right. It. Now let's talk about let's talk about the old characters that came back. What did you think? How did the old Ghostbusters do when they showed up? We'll leave Harold Ramis well, for the a best. Second. Oh, we're leaving him for a we'll second. We'll leave that time. for a sec separate conversation because the actor didn't come back. It was his likeness. But what did you think of Dan Aykroyd? Ernie well, Hudson. Dan, Dan I mean, Ernie Hudson looks amazing, first of yeah. all. Like, I don't know what <laughs> regimen that guy is on, but. The guy's fantastic. on the regimen, he's not as rich as the other guys. So he's got to work and take care of himself. <laughs> I guess. But also, Dan Aykroyd is one. I'm like, it just makes me think of why, why don't I see more Dan Aykroyd? Like, he's wonderful. He's, he's, he's funny. He's Canadian. Strange. Yeah, but, you know, strange. he is but, he's really into the UFO stuff. You know that there's this documentary, there's this documentary called an interview with Dan Aykroyd about his like experience with UFOs that this guy who sells like transmission, spiritual radiation needles did. That is truly one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. It almost doesn't I'm make just sense. learning about this for the first time. It almost doesn't make sense. It's, um, but yeah, I think he's great. He's hilarious. I like that he got a little extra scene um, answering the call when she calls him from jail. I like yeah, that we got yeah, to see like a little great. bit more of him. Also, that provided the greatest line written in the movie I've heard in a long time when the police chief goes, and she goes, I get a phone call. And he goes, who are you going to call? <laughs> that was so good. I was like, well played. Bravo. Bravo. Well played. Um, that that was awesome. And then they have the conversation on the phone. So I'm glad that I got to see a little bit more of Ackroyd than everybody else uh, yeah i mean yeah. like bill murray's in it for like two minutes yeah and he I feel like, like bill murray's persona has grown so big that it's hard for me to watch him in things right now i you know i think that's a fair point. not to say not to say that i don't love him in that right origi- in fact the after credit scene i enjoyed so much more than than him in the movie right itself and i do enjoy seeing him like it's it's still a great character to revisit but but it always it always takes out of it a little bit because it's such a 
But but you know the, what? At this point, I'm more comfortable watching him in a Wes Anderson movie, like in a Wes yeah. Anderson movie or in French Dispatch, than watching him play Peter Venkman. Like it's less yeah. believable for me to think that he's Peter Venkman than some you know odd ball Wes Anderson. Where character. I'm at with this is, it was great to see Venkman one last time. He was still Peter Venkman. We don't need to see him again. It was cute yeah, to see agreed. him and Sigourney Weaver together. But oh my gosh, that made me sequel, so happy. That, was, that made me really happy. But, but if, they make a good a, ship. if they make a sequel with Ernie Hudson as like the Charlie of Charlie's Angels of the Ghostbusters and maybe a phone call from Dan Aykroyd here and there, I'm fine with that. We don't yeah. need the old Ghostbusters, but I love that they were in it because it was like a blessing of the movie. It was saying that we believe in this movie. This movie's okay. Right, right. Which has always been an issue with the Ghostbusters because they all have they all have rights to the Ghostbusters. It's just a very complicated right system. All right, now, Lily, I'll hand it over to you. What did you think <laughs> of Ghost Harold Ramis? I think that, like, first of all, I thought he was better than most characters in most movies. I thought <laughs> just he, like real actors. Yes, like real actors talking. Like Ken a hologram be nominated for an award maybe should we try it out yes i think he's like oscar material he was so good and whatever technology they did to bring him back should be the technology that was used in the irishman because young <laughs> joe pesci and young robert de niro did not look good, as good as this ghost as harold ramus his dead harold ramus <laughs> because i believed it and I literally was like, how are they doing this? This is movie magic. And he conveyed emotion and it was very sweet. That whole part, which is not only difficult to do because it's, you know, a lot of the time you don't see him on screen, but also because every, you know, the actor's not alive anymore. That's extremely difficult and it could have come off offensive or hokey. And I thought they did it very well done. I was, was I thought it was, it was very emotional, very sweet. Moment. Yeah. And I thought the technology was great. Like I was there for the the special effects. And they so. let him go. And, and you know, one thing that I've been talking with Vlad, Becky's husband, about the special effects, one thing that I think they did really well throughout, and Vlad pointed this out to me, was that the way they did the ghosts was they did something with the frames to make it match the way the ghosts looked like in the 80s. So when the terror dogs are running, they look a little bit claymation. When Muncher is running, mm -hmm. he looks like those old ghosts. Yeah. And that, I think, also kept you in the universe without, like, making it some super Too duper modern CGI Jurassic Park thing. I think it worked really, really well. Okay. Epilogue scenes. Who's got I didn't know there was a second epilogue back. Did you like this? I'm writing the, I'm writing the 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 notes with Shai yesterday. You're talking about the show for today, and he's like, "Yeah, but you know, I was like, was there going to be another one? Because Shai kept saying another one, another sequel, another sequel. And I was like, but why would there be another one? He's like, well, that epilogue. And I was like, that was just a it's cute a, like but it's and Sigourney Weaver the, thing. And he's the like, there's another epilogue. one. It stresses me out. Like, is, does the next one have to take place in New York? Because I like that this was in Oklahoma. Like, I don't, we have to now, there's, do our characters have to all move to New York for it? No, That's what I said to Shy, but. There's tons of options. But he was like, well, it's unlikely that like children that are supposed to be in school will be actual Ghostbusters. So maybe Ernie Hudson's Maybe it's an opportunity to bring a new character. Riverdale? 
have you seen Riverdale? Anything's impossible as a high school student. <laughs> well, okay. So first of all, Touché. first of all, are they going to stay in that town? They're not going to stay in that town. There's nothing. The dirt town? Yeah, they're not going to stay Jeez. in the dirt town. So maybe Ernie Hudson pays for Phoebe to go to oh, right. grand school in New York. So in New York. Right, right, right. That's a good point. Maybe right. Finn Wolfhard isn't there and because we don't really need him, but he maybe can come in later. Uh, and maybe he's in college. Maybe Ernie Hudson is reassembling the Ghostbusters and you bring in some other characters. Maybe Gruberson right. becomes a Ghostbuster and the kids want to help, but they're not sure. Anyways, I think there's, I really, I think they could do anything. I'm good with it. I think they should look for inspiration from the real Ghostbusters cartoon. The real Ghostbusters That'd be cartoon, very funny if Gruberson wants to be a Ghostbuster because he just helped with this major ghost event. But in reality, it's all like a little bit his fault that it happened. He's not really the brightest of the Ghostbusters. He's kind of like the worst of the Ghostbusters, even though by default, he has a lot of experience. Yeah. Just I'm just imagining there. So the the TV show had so many great ghosts. It had the Sandman, who was the ghost that affected people's dreams. It had the Boogeyman, who used to jump out of people's closets. Those episodes gave me real nightmares as a kid. They had... Uh, I'm just saying that they could mine that. They go to an old haunted uh, 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 old Western town at one point and they have to reenact the Wyatt Earp, uh, they have to reenact the movie Tombstone against the, anyways, the point is there's a lot of- That cartoon was on from 86 to 91. Yeah, yeah, that was, right? I loved it. So in theory, if they say it's 30 years since the Ghostbusters, everything in that cartoon could be true. That's a very good point. Also, Dave Coulier did the voice of Peter Frankman. For part of that. Not the I whole guess. time. At the beginning, it was, I think it was the guy who did Garfield. And Interesting. then it switched to Dave Coulier. I mean, yeah, I could see Dave Coulier in something. Right, guys? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know if I want to see him in a whole Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters movie. Okay. Fair. All right. Quickly, before we move to Shoutouts and Rex, oh, rank your Ghostbusters movies. Counting no. 2016. Oh, oh, that's so easy. number one. The original is number one by far, 150,000%. Then this one, I agree. then 2016, and that Schwach painting movie, the like <laughs> no, art like... history of Ghostbusters can go in the garbage for all I care. I like the Schwach painting movie a lot more than Ugh. Ghostbusters 2016, Direct which I don't hate, film. but isn't. When you see this movie, you're like, oh yeah, 2016 really was, was more of like a- yeah. And my yeah. hate comes from movie. fear because it scared the living shit out of me as a kid. I think I'd be more interested in seeing the original sequel again than seeing the 2016 one again. I mean, they could do a whole painting-based sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife. If like, they the, like no one, that's bring not back, a good idea. Like no one said to them, not a good idea. They could I love back, paintings. They could bring back Peter McNichols' character. Remember oh, the one who gets awful. possessed? No, yes. So terrible. Oh, God, Where no, are you from? Terrible. Our vest size. <laughs> yeah. Okay, awful. let's talk shoutouts and recs. I'm going to leave this off at the recommendation of the great Michelle and Reed cosplayer extraordinaire writer also the best yennefer cosplay in the world um if you like the witcher she recommended on twitter love and monsters which i watched with dylan o'brien and the woman who plays bugs from the matrix who is fantastic in this movie and even though it's not like a huge part for her and it is a post-apocalyptic hero story but it has a lot of heart 
And I got very emotional watching this movie. I was show emotional watching this, and it was Sarah showing because it was the right moment. And I really, really enjoyed it. It is, it is nothing like Diana and Divine meet the apocalypse. Yet at the same time, it has that same human heart component that is why I liked Diana and Divine meet the apocalypse. So I give this a, a, a buy, and it was a nice surprise one. The other thing I'll just say. Everyone should check out Finding Favorites with Leah Jones. Finding Favorites with Leah Jones is a fantastic podcast. And Leah is having medical leave uh, this month. So when you're done listening to all of her previous episodes, you will get a chance to hear uh, episodes uh, with me filling in on two of them in the following month. So she has graciously asked me to guest host. So there's two episodes coming up on finding favorites uh that i appear in but in general you should subscribe to that show because it is because it is fantastic lily how about you i believe i don't know if it's an i told you show i have coming to me but i believe there's an experience i wouldn't i wouldn't go that far i don't i don't think you go that far and now I don't remember. I'm trying to look up his it was, Instagram. It was what I don't we, want to get we it watched, wrong. We watched AEW wrestling together. I was forced watch. to watch wrestling with Shai. Lily. Lily was downstairs putting her kids to bed and said, don't worry, go ahead. Don't wait for me. Don't wait like, for don't me. Like, don't do something insane, like pause this wrestling match. And I said, to wait nope, for it's me. paused. You, and he's furiously texting me and I'm texting him back because I'm trying to put the kids to bed. And I'm like, no, 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 go ahead. Please don't wait. And he's like, Oh no, no, I'm waiting. I took a picture like, of the no. pause screen and said, Yeah, it's pause. It's waiting for you to come up. And I was like, please just go ahead. Anyways, so I was pleasantly surprised. So yes, I guess it is. You're gonna have to name the people, Shy, because I can't like well, multitask right so now. The two matches, the two names. main matches that you that you watched that were memorable. So that that woman needs like a, a Marvel movie. Jade that, Cargill. Who, so we watched Jade Cargill and like Ruby the strongest Soho. human being I've ever seen on television. What? Jill Cargan? Gar- Cargan? No. J- Cargman? Jade no. Cargill. She's a Toronto Jade Jew, Cargill and, and Ruby Soho went dominated. against each other for the TBS championship. And Lily the whole time just kept saying, that woman is so strong. That woman is so strong. So strong. Where did she like, come from? Like, her, I loved her outfit. I loved everything that was happening. She is a heel, um, by the way, specifically a monster heel, because she, which is, is a really bad strong. guy in the wrestling world. Yeah, and who, one who crushes her enemies. Usually, her matches are really sh- short because she does that thing where she slams people in the face. Yeah, and then she the, like there was a lot happening there, and, and I was very into it. And I and just then, send Lily pictures of her Instagram now. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty amazing uh, to be pleasantly surprised. But then I was like, okay, really go on ahead without me. I like don't need to be here for more of this. And she, I was like, nope, I'm going to entice you to watch the next match. First by saying it's maximum 15 minutes. I don't know how you watch like an hour of this stuff. <laughs> like I can't, but he's like, it's like 15 minutes. And the wrestler in this match is Luke Perry's son. I was like, Wild. You, you had me at Luke Perry's son. Jungle who, boy, Jack Perry. Who looks nothing Google like. that right now. Do it right now. Google, like pick up. Yeah, good. I want to see your phone out. Everybody Google this. He seems like a genuinely adorable person. He does not look like his dad Who's at all. Who's his tag team partner? This like dinosaur with a green tongue. <laughs> I don't understand Luchasaurus. that. 
Sure. He's amazing. He's a human sure. dinosaur. A human dinosaur. It's so obvious that they like just one day went into like a room and like, okay, you'll be the dinosaur. You'll be the Tarzan. You'll be the, the like whatever it is. You get to be the puppy dog wrestler. And <laughs> then like a sign. Magic Mike. Yeah. Like it's a clearly a, a casting of a, a show. And, and, you know, is it a little bit cheesy that Jack um, Perry is like a Tarzan? Maybe, but it seems to work. He's wearing very little clothes. I kind of feel bad for him. The other guy's in like a full dinosaur suit and he just is wearing underwear. But, but he's got very long curly hair, which I had an extensive debate about if it's really his hair. And it is because his mom and his sister were at the match crying because it was a huge deal that he won. And if you watch the show heels, which I do recommend, you see how big of a deal it is to win these things for them, even though it's all programmed out. It's like, you know, it's a big moment. It's, it's a big moment. Starring role. Exactly. It's like getting to be the lead um, in a film. And so his mom and his sister, huge curls, big curly hair family are all crying and excited. So I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that really is his hair. Um, and it's, yeah, it was, I just kept the entire time. I kept thinking like, I wish his dad was here to see this. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. you had me at Luke Perry's son. Um, plus he did a great his, job. And did oh, you see I, he, the thing about his Instagram with it, his, with the toys? Yeah, I showed Shy that like if you go on his Instagram, so he has an action figure and there's a he has a picture of his action figure sitting on the shoulders of Luke Perry's action figure of um, Dylan McKay from Nino. And it's very sweet. Um, Yeah, like good for him. Good for him. So that was a lot of fun. I would never watch this stuff if I wasn't forced by Shy sitting next to Shy. But I had a lot, a lot of fun. I had a lot. Becky, what have you been watching? But that's not what I've been watching, but sure, right. fine. Make it. All right, hurry up then. That's no, okay. Let Becky go. Okay. So first of all, I'll round it the, out. The biggest, the biggest shout out I've ever done in my whole life, like times 10 shout out to Mark Twain for sending me <laughs> the best. Specifically, it's a, cam- it's, it's, it's a Twainio. It's bigger yeah, than a it's, cameo. It's bigger than, it's not, I'm saying it's not a cameo. It's a Twainio personalized get well message i have never today on instagram is where people uh, can follow to see his i mean very funny gabe the highlight of my life oh comic genius and then and then and then and of course just the ever thoughtful janet varney for sending me you know get well get well card and and all the people like all of my you know and then like beyond that the you know the non-famous people who have been sending me just but the, Janet all is one people. of the Jan, Janet, but, Janet might be the kindest human on no the yeah she's really up there as like one of the kindest people um so but those those things really really lifted my my spirit so you know they are former they are friends of the podcast they're you know former guests of the podcast so I really just wanted to say thank you to them and I have been watching everything I've watched I'm almost done the new season of Cobra Kai I finally watched uh, the last season of Shit's Creek. You two should not be worried watching, or hesitant I, I, about I, watching I, it. It's I'm so watch, beautiful. I'm watching the season. I'm I'm, I'm watching good, the season now. I'm just I'm watching the finale, so I have to wait till she's back. Um, I'm almost done The Witcher. I had to pause because of the brain fog, and you cannot watch that show if you can't actually pay attention. I'm finally on season five of The Expanse. Oof, season four is 
bit of a slog, but season five comes back. Very, season four, the one strong. where they're on the planet on the other yeah, side. Yeah, of the yeah, yeah. Like the, colony, the entire time. Like something that, that one's should have been drag. three episodes. It should have been three episodes. It's the entire season. Um, but se- season five is incredible so far. Um, mom got me to watch the first episode of Fringe. But I was oh, like, I can only do show. one sci-fi show. I'm like, I can only do it's one so sci-fi good. show at a time. But if you do Fringe, um, Becky, I will watch like it with fringe. you. And I really want you, I think you're both ready now for Winona Earp. I think you will both love Winona Earp. The I believe mix, you. I, I think you're both ready for it. Oh, I'm watching the new season of Queer Eye. I've seen a bunch of other things. I just don't remember. But Becky, um, you know what? We're I'm really proud though. You're using this time to convalesce productively. Some you know, lesser yeah. people would be reading books. <laughs> reading, reading. I can't no. I can't even look at the subtitles of a show yeah. anymore. No, I don't have that mental capacity. Uh, all right, Lil, is there anything else you want to add before we do? I this only social? saw one thing, but I liked it. Um, I've, besides wrestling, I've been traveling and it's not been and jet lag. So TV has not been easy. Well, the new season of Queer Eye, Becky and I talked about this. It reinvigorated itself. The previous season was like pooey and just not they seemed to just not get it right like I, it wasn't great Becky and I both felt that way but this season seemed to get back to its essence and it's really heartfelt and the connection is there um, and you can tell the difference so I'm we're enjoying that because we were talking about it and then I watched this really nice uh, independent film which you can get it on Apple Plus so they I think bought it but it's um called Coda uh oh, children yeah, of yeah. deaf adults i've heard amazing um and then like it's that. it's heartfelt mm-hmm. it's it's a marley matlin's amazing and the rest of the cast is i think pretty like unknown and fantastic and um well they're the so that's not true there's a latino actor he was in the overboard remake um oh, which i couldn't even watch 10 We've minutes covered of. that movie it, now more than anyone in any podcast ever um but he's i'm gonna get his name one second he is wonderful um why isn't he appearing on imdb um he's really really great in this um give me one second and um eugenio derbez um he's fantastic as the music teacher uh yeah i just really liked it it was a sweet sweet and if you have apple plus that's found money that's like a nice heartfelt movie to watch that is like also important because it brings to light a lot of things that if you are able-bodied you don't think about so thank you Lil. all right well let's end on that note becky where can people follow you at paper bk princess on twitter send becky your get well messages yeah Mm. She'll, hey, she'll even if you're not a celebrity, it. even if you're not a celebrity, you can send. Yeah, messages. like even my sister you who are sent me cookies, or my friend Janine who sent me just snacks. That was great. Even yeah. if you're not a brilliant comedian pretending to be a hundred plus year old um, writer, uh, yeah, writer. <laughs> uh, and Lily, where can people follow you? Chi Chi C H I C H I K Gomez on Twitter. And you can follow me at pancake for table pancake and the number four table on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow all of the Friday night movie shenanigans at Friday night movie on Twitter and Instagram or Friday night movie where you can also sign up for our less than monthly mailing list. Maybe we'll send out one in the next few months. Maybe we won't, but if we do, it'll have cool giveaways. We're getting some new merch in pretty excited about that. It'll have cool giveaways. It'll have some playlists. 
of some of our favorite episodes because we're in the many, many hundreds of episodes at this point. And it's hard to go back. So we're going to try to make that easier for folks. And uh, you can check out the organizations we're supporting in our show notes. The theme music is by What Does It Eat? And I love you both. Have a great day. Thank you. Love you. Bye.